0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just a Physician, the podcast where we explore mental health, vulnerability, and personal life journeys. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, leave a comment, and listen to new episodes out every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am currently, as you can see, in Colorado, good old Denver. I absolutely love being here during the wintertime. Colorado is so magical during the winter, even though it does kind of get horrifyingly cold. It's honestly something I really enjoy. I do like a little bit of the cold weather and especially with the beautiful snow here. Um, I've actually been here for a little while now. I think it's been three weeks that I've been in Colorado and it has been glorious. Well, that's actually a lie. I did just come back from a trip to LA. I went to LA for a few days just to do some work, some filming over there, which was super fun. Um, LA is not my favorite but I'd say this was probably like my favorite LA trip thus far it's growing on me a little bit y'all like little by little it's a place that I can tolerate being at for like three days maximum, and then I want to leave. <laughs> so I guess I was there, but the rest of the time I have been here in Colorado. I just love being here because it's kind of allows me to get away from the craziness. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Hawaii, but, um, with all the work there and just with all the hustle and bustle of everything that is there, Colorado is kind of where I'm able to spend my alone time. And I really, really enjoy it. It's been amazing. I've had basically no social contact for the past three weeks and it has been glorious. <laughs> I'm such a freaking introvert. Um, But I am flying back to Hawaii tomorrow. So I am looking forward to it. I do miss surfing and the tropical weather. Um, You know, you can't beat that. But I will miss my time in Colorado because I don't think I'll be coming back for a little while. So yeah, it's been good on my end. How have you guys been? excuse me. <laughs> How have you guys been? Leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you guys. How's life been going? I'm actually really freaking excited for this episode because it's like what I used to do on my YouTube channel. If you've been a longtime subscriber, you already know what's about to happen. I'm going to be answering your guys's most pressing skincare questions. Any tips, tricks, recommendations, products that you might be curious about, I'm going to be answering those questions in this episode. And if you have been a longtime subscriber, you will know that I used to do this via live stream on my YouTube channel, which was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing those. Let me know if you guys want to see them, but I kind of prefer doing it in this podcast format. And I think it's something I really want to keep doing for kind of two main reasons. The first one, as much as I loved doing live streams. Like it was so much fun. It was also extremely stressful. Like the first time I did a live stream on YouTube, I was like, okay, maybe I'll get like 50 viewers. Maybe if I'm lucky like a hundred, I'll get a few questions. This will be great. It'll be smooth. And I was just completely overwhelmed by just the thousands of comments that would come through in a single live stream like it was so constant just like they would come up on the screen so quickly that i wasn't able to really read what the comments were and i remember after that first one i had i stopped the video and i just sat in silence for so long afterwards like doing breath work calming myself down because i was like oh my god this is really stressful it was a lot of pressure a lot of fun but it is a little bit intense and a kind of high pressure format. And so I would much prefer to do these type of podcast episodes, answering your guys's questions, because also whenever I ask questions on Instagram for the podcast, which if you don't already make sure you follow me so you can be a part of these podcast episodes. Um, you guys are always asking skincare questions, kind of regardless of whatever topic I am going to be talking about during the podcast episode. And I figured why not have an entire dedicated Podcast episode to answering your guys' skincare questions. And it'll kind of be like what we used to do for the live streams, but in a little less high pressure of an environment, which I definitely appreciate. So let me know if you guys do want to see more episodes like this. I would love to do them like every month, but let me know. Regardless, let's jump into these questions because you guys submitted so many questions. I was scrolling and scrolling and I was like, holy shit, you guys have been really active and it means a lot that you would ask me these questions and you would trust me to hopefully give you good product recommendations, tips and tricks, anything that could be helpful for your routine. It really does mean a lot that you guys you know, put this trust in me, um, something I take really seriously. So thank you so much. I'm excited to get into these questions. I selected a bunch of different ones that I thought would be really interesting. But as we move forward, feel free to get involved on Instagram, um, submit your questions via IG story or DMs. I'd be happy to answer them in this podcast episode format. But without further ado, let's just jump into the episode and answering your guys' questions. Okay. So the first question is from Ev, a really good question. She asked, is it bad to mix your products together as I have mixed SPF, moisturizer, and serum in one? Now here's the thing. I totally understand the appeal of wanting to mix your products together. It makes it feel a lot more enjoyable and easier to kind of apply to the skin one and done. But here's the reason why you don't want to do that. First, it can obstruct the actual effectiveness of your products if you mix them together. Say you have an exfoliating serum or like a salicylic acid serum. You want that to be on your skin first so it can be fully absorbed by your skin you're getting all those benefits and it's not potentially being obstructed by anything else like a moisturizer or your sunscreen but the big thing is that you definitely do not want to mix your sunscreen with any other products here's the reason why sunscreen is a really tricky thing like it's so difficult to formulate to get it to make sure that it will be effective there's a reason why it's classified as a drug and it needs FDA approval because formulations are very finicky and you need to make sure that, you know, companies need to make sure that they actually work effectively to protect your skin from the sun. And if you're mixing any other products in with your sunscreen, it could potentially be Essentially sabotaging the actual effectiveness of your sunscreen. So, your sunscreen might not be effectively working if you are mixing it with something else. And if there's one thing that we do not want to compromise when it comes to actually working well on your skin, it's sunscreen. That's the one thing that you need to make sure you're applying last in your skincare routine. You're not applying any other skincare products on top of it, and you're not mixing it with anything else. And I totally understand this. Like, I used to make this mistake as well. I used to be like, oh, let me just mix. My moisturizer and my sunscreen together because it'll help reduce the white cast and it'll just make it feel a lot nicer on the skin. But the reality was, it was making my sunscreen perform worse than it should. And you really don't want to mess up the most important product when it comes to skincare protecting your skin from sun damage. So, I I would not recommend you do that. I'm so sorry. Um, I know it seems really appealing, but you definitely don't want to mix them together. If anything, just find a really good sunscreen that doesn't have a heavy white cast, doesn't feel thick. Sunscreen is the one product where I'm like, you should splurge, on a sunscreen, if nothing else, like using super cheap moisturizer, super cheap serum and cleanser, make sure that you're finding a really good quality sunscreen that you love to use and you really enjoy applying on your skin. Um, And so I know for me, when I stopped mixing my sunscreen with my moisturizer, I realized, I don't really like how my sunscreen feels on my skin. It's not really enjoyable and I don't like applying it on its own at the end of my routine. So it kind of pushed me to discover new sunscreen formulas. And there are so many good ones out there that perform really well, that feel just like moisturizers. If you want to watch my best of 2022 sunscreen video, I give all the top recommendations there. Ones that are really, really nice to use, but I'd say keep the products separate, apply them one at a time because you don't want to be spending all this money on skincare products for them not to be working as well as they should you know so that would be my biggest recommendation i'm sorry i know it's not as fun but <laughs> it is pretty important the next question is from peria I- i'm not sure uh i have oily skin what cleanser would you recommend i love this question because i well i don't technically have oily skin i have combination skin but my oily areas aka my t zone get oily a especially when I'm in Hawaii and it's super humid so I understand it could be really hard finding products that work really well for oily skin but I have three top ones that I typically recommend to people. Um, first up if you want something that's really strong that will really get all the gunk out of your skin and the extra oil and sebum that builds up throughout the day the Youth of People Kale and Green Tea Cleanser. It has been one of my favorites for I don't even know how long, like such a long time, pretty much since the beginning of my channel. I love the product. It's a super good cleanser, works really well, but I will say it does tend to be a little bit overly stripping <clears throat> unless you have really, really oily skin. So that's a product that I'll typically use only at night or when my skin really needs just that extra cleanse. That's the one I use for daily use, one that I can use both morning and nighttime. Selfless by Hiram's and telling Green Tea Daily Gel Cleanser. I know it's my own, but I literally worked with the scientists to formulate it to be perfect for getting enough of that oiliness, extra sebum gunk out of your skin, but not being too stripping on the skin. And it's one that for my oily areas always cleanses super well never have to worry about dryness afterwards but still works really powerfully and then finally I recommend the La Roche-Posay Toleraine Cleanser for oily skin it's the blue one that one's a really great value one that works well for oily skin it's not as strong I'd say as the selfless or the use of the people one for getting all the oil out of your skin. well not all the oil because you want to leave some oil in your skin but it's not like the super strongest out there but it does work really well for oily skin and it's a great price point. Um, Just a good recommendation that I always love to make and people have really enjoyed using that cleanser as well. So I take just kind of depends on your personal preference based off of what I said but those are usually the top three cleansers that I recommend for anyone struggling with extra oily skin. Um, They've all worked well and to be honest I rotate through using them all the time. Well I use the selfless one every day but I rotate through the others um, using them pretty frequently um, just depending on what my skin needs because just listen to your skin. See how Feels. I will say though, when it comes to finding a good cleanser for oily skin, make sure that after you use it, your skin doesn't feel dry, tight, stripped. You don't want that sensation because that means that you are taking too much oil out of your skin and your skin is kind of lacking the necessary oils it needs to be healthy. The main thing you just want to do is get rid of that extra sebum and get rid of that extra dirt in your skin. So listen to your skin, what it's telling you, but those are my top three recommendations. Adri asked a really good question. She said, how can you tell which product is doing which benefit? And I thought this was a really good question because it can be somewhat tricky when you have a full skincare routine to be like, okay, what is actually doing what I'm wanting it to do? What is not performing as well as I would like? What products are necessary that I should keep in my routine or which ones should I switch out? It's a little bit confusing. And I'd say the main thing that I recommend that I've noticed have has worked in my skin and that I always recommend to other people is just to introduce one product at a time into your skincare routine. The reason you want to do this is because say, if you started a full skincare routine, you're using five products, you start them all at once. It can be really difficult to notice which products are working really well and which products aren't necessarily working best for your skin. You feel me? Like um, if you're introducing one product at a time instead and able to kind of reference what your skin has been like with its normal good skincare routine that you've had in place for a while versus the new product that you're introducing into your routine. It'll be a lot easier to trace like, okay, is this product doing what I'm wanting it to do or is it not doing what I'm wanting it to do? If you start with a bunch of new products or you decide to kind of like entirely replace your skincare routine with a bunch of different products instead, it's going to be really difficult to kind of trace that and pinpoint exactly what it's doing. So introduce one product at a time. Take it slow. That's always my biggest recommendation. Take it slow. Introduce new products slowly into your routine because it's much better to be slow and intentional than rush into any new products or any new things that you're trying for your skin and potentially dealing with the negative results or not really knowing where to go from there or what products aren't working as effectively as they should. So I hope that helps. And kind of related to that question, Justine asked, "I'm finding my skin reacts to products. It's hard to know which one it is." This is very related to what I was just saying, and I think a really good question because a lot of us have had the experience where you're using your normal skincare routine, and you're just like, "Oh my gosh, my skin is reacting to a product, and I don't know which one it is, and how am I supposed to tell which one it's reacting to?" It can be really tricky. Um, and my biggest recommendation is to kind of, as they say with Crave Beauty, press reset on your skincare routine. So What I recommend doing is just to discontinue using your products for about a week and then slowly one at a time introduce each product on its own and you'll be able to see which one could be potentially giving you that negative reaction. I've done this many times before. It's very helpful for when I just need to completely reset the products that I'm using or I'm finding that I'm breaking out or my skin feels like sensitive and red if I'm using a certain product and I'm like, bruh, I don't know which one it is. I just reset it. I will stop using products and then slowly, like I'll start with the sunscreen first because I want to make sure that my skin is being protected by the sun. I'll use the sunscreen, go like half a week to a week using that, then introduce a moisturizer after that, cleanser, serum, whatever it may be. And it makes it a lot easier to figure out if your skin is reacting to something because if you say it's a serum, you start using a serum after you know that your skin has already been fine using whatever products you're using before. And then all of a sudden you notice a negative reaction, you're like, aha, it's the serum, it's the serum's fault. So hopefully that can help in helping you kind of find what your skin is reacting to. And if you find that your skin is kind of reacting to everything that nothing is really making a difference, then I recommend going for very, very, very gentle skincare products. I've always recommended Vanicream on my channel because it's a good one that dermatologists frequently recommend for people who have the most sensitive skin. And then if your skin continues to react, seeing a dermatologist, if you are able to, can definitely help a lot with that. Because if your skin is reacting to every single product, then that's a sign of a deeper issue that you definitely would want a professional to look at and help you with. Okay. uh, Sam sent a message. They said, combination skin and nobody cares about us. For fucking real, preach it from the rooftops. I get so frustrated about the lack of options there are out there for people with combination skin, which is why, honestly, up until Selfless Products were out... I was always using two different products for my face, like two different moisturizers, two different serums, sometimes two different cleansers to address the oily areas and the dry areas, which is why I wanted like my own products to be really well suited for people with combination skin to help with both of those areas because it's so frustrating like having to basically spend twice as much on your routine because your skin decides to be combination. It's super freaking frustrating. Um, And sometimes now, like depending if I'm trying new products, I definitely will still like use two different products for the face. But I mean, it really just comes down to finding the right product. Unfortunately, it's so hard to know just from reading packaging, or even just reading ingredients, if a product is going to work well enough for both the oily areas and the dry areas on your face and it's just a process of experimentation i am so sorry to tell you that but that is the reality (laughs) and i mean thankfully a lot more products have come out now that are really well suited for combination skin because i remember when i first was getting into skincare and i was like bruh either everything is for super dry mature skin or it's all targeted at like teenage breakouts. And there really seemed to be like nothing in between. And it was really frustrating. But nowadays, there's a lot of options out there that work better for combination skin. So it is just a process of trying it out, seeing what works. I've made a bunch of videos talking about recommendations for combination skin that you're more than welcome to check out if that helps you. But yeah, it's always tricky. And my personal routine right now for combination skin really rev... A rev- little <laughs> Man, I'm always tripping up over my words. Um, It really involves just using the salicylic acid serum from Selfless on my T-zone the selfless moisturizer. Sometimes like if I'm in Colorado, then I will use the Skin Fix triple lipid barrier, peptide cream on my dry areas like my cheeks and my neck, and then just following up with a good hydrating sunscreen. And that's really what works for me, but I wish you the best of luck in finding the products that will work for your combination of skin because it is a struggle. Amelia asked a good question. She asked, if you've got a pimple, is it best to dry it out or coat it in moisture? I would say it is much better to coat it in moisture, but making sure you're doing it the right way because just moisturizing a pimple isn't enough to help the pimple resolve itself. That's why I'm a huge believer in salicylic acid. It's a great exfoliant to go deep in the pores, get rid of all the dirt and gunk that's in there that could be contributing to the breakout, but then following up with a rich moisturizer and like a pimple patch over top to make sure that your skin is properly moisturized and it's protected from any like dirt or pollution, or any environmental factors that could aggravate the pimple and make it worse. Um, I know a lot of people don't like to moisturize your breakout areas, but most of the time, like we tend to pummel those areas with really drying products that really only work to completely dry it out. But not everyone struggles with breakouts that are related to excess sebum production. There could be so many different reasons why we are having a breakout. And You want to moisturize because it's giving your skin those nutrients and vitamins it needs to help it heal itself and repair the skin. So it's definitely important to do that. I would say it's better to moisturize, but also making sure you're using a good active ingredient like salicylic acid or benzoyl peroxide or even retinol to help with that area and help it get healed as quickly as possible. Vivier, I think that's how you pronounce her name, asked a good question. She asked, I've got some acne scarring on my forehead, which is really red. How do I get rid of it? This is a super good, Good question acne scars are probably the most difficult thing to well no i'd say fine lines and aging are the hardest thing to get rid of when it comes to the skin. But acne scarring is a close second when it comes to taking care of your skin and trying to get rid of it. It is very difficult and I will say I am a huge believer in retinol for acne scars. Retinol basically what it does is it communicates with the skin and tells it to hurry the fuck up and produce more baby skin cells that are fresh, that are healthy, that look even, um, and make your skin look a lot better. Your skin produces those new skin cells that um, replace whatever damaged tissue is on your skin. Um, so that's why I'm a huge believer in using retinol. The Retinol and Rainbow Algae Repair Serum from Selfless was literally formulated with um, for people with acne scars. Um, that was really our target audience who we wanted the product to really work for. And I recommend that one because it has ingredients that are amazing for soothing skin sensitivity, that irritation and redness that you could see. And it's a great gentle but still powerful serum to um, help with those areas because a lot of retinols can tend to be very strong and pretty harsh on the skin if you do have more sensitive skin like you were expressing. So I definitely recommend using that one um, or any gentle retinol that you can find. Um, But I'd also say when it comes to acne scars, it's it can't all be fixed by topical skincare products only a lot of times when it comes to like more severe acne scarring, like if you have pickaxe scarring or anything that is a result of like long-term cystic acne, that type of scarring within the skin can be so deep that products you can buy aren't just going to cut it. And that's where it can be really helpful to go to a dermatologist and get some professional treatments done. Like laser treatments are really beneficial for resetting the skin and getting rid of that damage. It just depends on your acne scars. So try out a product, see how it works on your skin. If you're not in seeing any results long term, then that's where it's definitely beneficial to go to a dermatologist. And I know that's not accessible for everyone. Dermatologists can be really pricey, but the nice thing about like a laser treatment is that for a lot of them, um, you do the one treatment or however many, uh, you know visits are, involved in that specific treatment. And you should be good. It's not something that you have to regularly pay for like every single month for the rest of your life. Um, It's usually something that uh, once they're done with the treatment, you're good for a very long time unless you struggle with breakouts um, or like cystic acne again. So feel free to test it out, see how it works for you. Um, But don't be shy going to a dermatologist to help with that as well. Because um, I know you know, sometimes when people have talked to me and they've asked me for advice on how to get rid of acne scarring and I'm able to see their skin, um, it, I don't want to be that person that's like, oh my God, all you have to do is just use this simple product and you're good to go when it's way more deep scarring than any over-the-counter product would be ever able to help with. So that would be my main recommendation. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> Hopefully it works for your skin well, um, but I'd say try that out first and, and see how it works. Jaquit. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that even right or if it's from, (laughs) if the name is French or not. I don't know. I'm so sorry. Um, She asked, should I do double face cleansing even if I only use mascara and lipstick, no other makeup? Good question. As you know, I'm a big double cleansing fan, but there's a reason for it. I am definitely a skincare minimalist. I don't believe that you should just add on a bunch of products just because it feels nice. There is an intention behind double cleansing, even if you don't really wear makeup, because here's the thing, getting rid of makeup on the skin can be a little bit difficult and cleansing balms do a really good job of breaking down the oils that are in your makeup to make it a lot easier for your cleanser to remove everything. But even aside from makeup, like I believe that everyone should be double cleansing because double cleansing is a great way of removing the sunscreen that's on your skin uh, in addition to just making sure that your cleanser can work better. And everyone should be wearing sunscreen. So even if you don't wear makeup, I think double cleansing, like a cleansing balm specifically, can work really well to better remove that sunscreen and make the rest of your skincare products work. Because that's really what it comes down to. Like double cleansing isn't just something to do for fun. It's about making sure that you're cleansing your skin enough so that nothing is obstructing the other products that you're going to be using on your face. Because you don't want to be just using a cleanser and have all these serums and treatment products, et cetera, et cetera only for them to not effectively work because there's still gunk left over in your skin, you know? So that's why I personally recommend a cleansing balm. You could use a cleansing oil, a micellar water. There's so many different things you can use, but I found that cleansing balms are the nicest, kind of most luxurious feel to them and a lot less messy or wasteful than micellar water, or a uh, cleansing oil. And my personal favorite ones, I mean, there's so many. The recent one that I've been using is the Bioma Cleansing Balm. They have a brand new one that's actually really good. I really enjoy using it, and the results are bomb. Um, my favorite one of all time, the Then I Met You Living Cleansing Balm, that one is incredible and will forever be my favorite. Um, also, the Notorium one is really good too. Their ginseng cleansing balm but whichever one works for your skin whichever you prefer I still recommend it even if you wear minimal makeup it's something that really everyone should be doing Someone asked, at what age can you start using niacinamide, vitamin C, peptides, hyaluronic acid, and retinol? Those are a lot of ingredients, but honestly, whenever anyone asks me like, oh, when should I start using this? Do I have to wait until a certain age? You really can start using the ingredients or whatever products you feel are best whenever you feel like your skin needs it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, if you're under 20, you don't need to use a retinol. Like that's for older people. Um, But I was someone who struggled with really intense premature aging when I was like 16, 17 years old. And I wish I would have started using retinol back then. Um, And so it really just depends on your personal skin needs and what you think would be most helpful to whatever skin concerns you are experiencing ingredients like retinol can also be really beneficial for people who are struggling with breakouts and acne it's a really good ingredient for that as for like niacinamide vitamin c hyaluronic acid any age literally whenever you want to start a skincare routine i think all of those are good ingredients that you can start using to see the results that you want in my opinion an ingredient like niacinamide should be used by everyone any age. It's just one of those ingredients that works so well and is well tolerated by any skin type. Um, but yeah, it really just comes down to your personal preferences and needs. Don't feel pressure to have to start using like a bunch of these ingredients and find a bunch of products to add to your routine. Um, you know, just go based off of what your skin is telling you. But I'd say like definitely niacinamide, vitamin C, peptides, and hyaluronic acid, any age, those all work amazingly to help not only make your skin healthier, but prevent long-term damage. And then for something like retinol, if your skin, like say you're like 10 years old and you don't really have any breakouts, your skin is fine. You're just wanting to start a skincare routine. You don't need to use retinol. It's not something that's necessary, but if you do prefer to use it, if you start seeing different concerns that retinol can, help with then by all means start using that and don't listen to people who are like oh you have to wait until a specific age because I wish I hadn't listened to that I started using retinol way later than I would have preferred and had I started using retinol when I was a teenager then I think it would have helped curb a lot of damage that my skin ended up experiencing and I was able to undo a lot of that damage thankfully but had I started using it earlier it would have been a much easier and faster process. So whatever you think, listen to your skin, what it's telling you, and go based off of what you're really interested in trying. Westlyn asked this question. They said, I'm in Denver right now. Hey, me too. And they said, this weather is killing my skin and lips. I have oily skin though. Help. Oh, this is a struggle because nothing is more frustrating being in a really dry environment, especially a cold environment, but having oily skin because it's this... Back and forth of dehydration, overhydration, and not really knowing what to do. Um, it's a tricky one, uh, but I'd say two different types of products I would recommend. Um, use a good moisturizer that works well for combination skin, kind of like what I was talking about before. Selfless moisturizer works really well um, for helping to make sure that your skin doesn't get too greasy from using overly heavy products, but still packs a punch for moisturizing the skin getting those really beneficial ingredients deep into your skin to help you curb that dryness. Um, And I would also say using a really good moisturizer overnight or even slugging overnight can be really helpful too. Um, I know that I don't always recommend slugging to people with oily skin, but in Denver, the environment is so dry here. Like, Oh my God, it is absolutely ridiculous how dry it gets. And having a slugging routine overnight can be really helpful for just really deeply moisturizing the skin and keeping as much of that water that your skin needs in a skin and not dissipating throughout the night. So yeah, find a good slugging routine. I'd recommend the Selfless Moisturizer or any like gel cream moisturizer. That tends to be the best bet and usually what I recommend for people who are in a dry environment but still struggle with oily skin. And then for lips, man, that is something that I'm constantly working on because I struggle with really dry lips regardless, just in general, when I come to Denver oh my God, my lips get so freaking dry. I have to reapply lip balm like every one to two hours. It's it's just a lot. Um, I found that standard lip balms don't really perform best. And here's a hack that I recommend. Use a really rich moisturizer as a base underneath whatever lip balm you're going to use because lip balms usually have like silicones and ingredients that are good for kind of being a seal over top of your skin, but they don't actually provide the moisture themselves. Using a moisturizer before you apply a lip balm afterwards can be really helpful to just double down on that moisture and keep your lips as moisturized as long as possible. So I'll do the Skin Fix Triple Lipid Barrier Peptide Cream on my lips, and then I'll follow up with either um, the Tatcha Kissu Lip Mask, that one's my personal favorite, um, or the Glossier Balm.com or even the CeraVe Healing Ointment. Either one of those three I will apply on my lips after I've applied my moisturizer. And oh my gosh, there's a hair on my nose. What the heck? And um, I've noticed that it really helps with moisture. However, that is still something I'm really struggling with because my lips still get so dry. And I feel like I've tried, every lip balm on the market and just cannot find the right one so if you guys have any recommendations let me know because i would love to hear what you guys think but that's what i found works best for me um and best of luck to you out there soldier because it is dry af and i don't blame you for being concerned because i am concerned as well it is hard out here in the dry denver environment (laughs) the next question is how to treat under eye wrinkles and future under eye bags This is a really tricky one, and I'm just going to be 100% honest. There's a lot you can do for helping to kind of prevent unnecessary premature aging in those areas. Retinol, as I've talked about so many times during this episode, um, is a hero ingredient for that. It really works well to create those brand new baby skin cells um, and keep your skin looking as youthful as possible. However, retinol does not necessarily prevent expression lines. Now, expression lines are the lines that we get under our eyes from say like smiling or making facial expressions really anywhere on our face um I have like little lines right here on the sides of my eyes from where I smile and kind of no matter what you do those are always going to be inevitably shown on your skin because when you're smiling and laughing and making facial expressions and talking it's just inevitable that those lines will form um so Yes, retinol will be able to help with that. But if you're wanting to do something that's more drastic, or say you are, you have more mature skin and you have more deep set lines on your under eye area, for example, that is something that would really only be able to be resolved with like Botox filler, maybe even a laser treatment, um, because those lines are pretty permanent in the skin. And that's where you can go to a dermatologist and see what they recommend for a facial treatment like that. But that's really going to be the only way that you get rid of those lines. Now for eye bags, eye bags are really tricky. Like people ask me all the time what my recommendations for eye bags are. And I'm, it's, it's just really tricky because I'd say 90%, this is not like an official statistic. This is just me. um, I say like 90% of under eye bag issues are genetic related and not related to, um, something that a skincare product would be able to help with. There are some products out there that can help with kind of like tightening the under eye area in the morning. Um, but most of them in my experience don't work really well and the biggest contributors to under eye bags um is first of course genetics like for me personally i don't know if you guys can see on video but i have indentations on my under eye area that are pretty intense um that give an appearance of under eye bags and even sometimes dark circles even though they're not dark circles um they're just bags under my eyes and they're genetic they're kind of always they've always been there um they get more prominent the older i get i've actually like looked into treatments that kind of help smooth the under eye area because I'm like, I'm so freaking tired of people always asking me if I'm tired, if I've gotten enough sleep because of the way that my under eye bags work. And because of the way that the skin works for a lot of people with under eye bags, um, it'll kind of attach to the bone underneath and give it an appearance of a dark circle when it's not actually a dark circle. It's just the bone and the way that the skin is kind of placed and attached to that area. So under eye bags are a really, really tricky thing. Most products are not going to be able to help with it. I'd say getting enough sleep is a big part of it. Something I definitely struggle with and probably a contributor to my under eye bags, but getting enough sleep is very important. There's things like, you know, not drinking coffee, not drinking alcohol um, that can definitely contribute to the appearance of under eye bags. And for me, that's just a necessary side effect That's going to have to just be there (laughs) because I'm like, I'm not giving up my coffee for the sake of slightly reducing my under eye bags. Um, But yeah, that's a really tricky one and something that a corrective procedure would be able to best help with. If you do have under eye bags that you've noticed are kind of always there really a procedure, a uh, corrective procedure done by a dermatologist is really pretty much the only route to go. Now, if you have dark circles, dark circles can be helped with retinol, with vitamin C. I love the Peter Thomas Roth vitamin C serum. That one really helps to curb any dark circles that I you know, may be getting, especially with the older I get. That's definitely really helpful. But for bags, That's just the unfortunate reality. And trust me, I have searched, I have looked, I've tried to find so many remedies. And when I've like talked to dermatologists about it, they're like, yeah, it's basically just corrective procedures. That's really the only way that you're going to be able to change that because it's genetic. Rose asked, What can you do if pretty much every cleanser bothers you? I am so sorry that you have a negative experience with cleansers. That probably just means your skin is really dehydrated or just really sensitive, and it's tricky finding a good cleanser for that. My go to recommendation is the Vanna Cream Cleanser. Like I said before, dermatologists are always recommending it for anyone who has really, really sensitized skin. I feel like it's that brand that everyone goes to if. Everything is making your skin freak out and you can't figure out what it is. But if even that cleanser is irritating your skin, then I definitely recommend going to a dermatologist and getting help from them because that signifies something going on in your skin that's a lot more serious than just you know, a reaction to an individual ingredient, um, that would show that your skin is just overall very reactive and something's not right. So if you're able to go to a dermatologist to see that, um, then I would definitely recommend that, but try the Cream cleanser, see how that one works. It's a good, very gentle one. The CeraVe hydrating cleanser is also a really great one for anyone who has super, super sensitive skin. I get it. Cleansers are really tr- tricky, but that's what I personally would recommend. This next one is a really interesting question. They asked, are there any food guidelines you follow to achieve healthier skin? Now, disclaimer, I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dermatologist. So obviously my own recommendations would be anecdotal just based on my personal experiences. But I will say I kind of, uh, with my personal opinion, I fall in between on the whole conversation around like, does what you eat really affect your skin? I think at some level, yes, it definitely does. But there's just not a lot of data, really any data to show the link between what you eat and your skin. However, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have found that cutting milk or gluten out of their diet completely transformed their skin and really, really helped with their cystic acne. So if you've struggled with really persistent cystic acne that just won't go away, I definitely recommend just trying out substituting milk products. um, See how that works. You could try gluten products. Obviously, do it safely. Make sure you still have a diet full of the necessary vitamins um, that you need to make sure you're healthy. But Those can be really big contributing factors. For me personally, there's not a huge link I've noticed between what I eat and my skin. Um, However, I have noticed that there are some things that definitely trigger bad breakouts. Um, If I eat candy, like literally any candy, Two days later, I will always have a breakout. That's just always the way it works. This little breakout right here that's taken like a week to go down, it was because I had some candy. So I've learned to just cut out candy as much as possible from my diet or really, really, really high sugary foods. That will definitely contribute to it. Another thing as well that was very unexpected, but for all my kombucha lovers out there, you'll want to listen up. I used to drink so much kombucha. Um, My ex and I, we would make... uh, uh, like our own kombucha with like the, uh, sc- Scobies, I think is what they're called. This was so long ago. Um, I used to just have a ton of kombucha. It was my favorite thing. I'd have like three a day. And I didn't realize that kombucha can actually really contribute to, uh, milia or like little bumps on your skin forming and once I cut out the kombucha I noticed a big improvement in my skin um, so I try to keep the kombucha consumption at a minimum so I noticed that definitely contributed to the overall quality of my skin too and then just generally trying to eat healthy I am not a good example of eating super healthy I will admit like uh, I mostly eat takeout food I, I try to eat healthy but I'm not the best at it but just not eating super high sugary foods, not eating a lot of junk food. Um, Like if I have McDonald's and I'll notice my skin does break out. So that's my personal experience. I just say, try to eat as healthy as possible. Um, You know, don't consume too much kombucha. Don't eat too much candy. That would be my main recommendation. And then the last question is from Sammy. She asked, I'm having small white bumps around my nose. Can I apply glycolic acid cream on my face? 6%, I guess, is the glycolic acid cream that she's using. And here's the thing. Um, So when it comes to little bumps on your nose, um, a lot of times that can just be from the overproduction of sebum and oil in your skin. Like um, definitely with my pores, I will notice if I don't take care of my skin you know, over a certain amount of time, then it will get very bumpy, lots of little bumps. And it's just from that excessive sebum production. Glycolic acid is a great exfoliant because it does work pretty well for the top layer of dead skin cells to really clear it off. But in my opinion, salicylic acid, well, not my opinion, salicylic acid works a lot better for going deep into the pore and exfoliating out any of that excess sebum and oil that could be contributing to those little bumps on your face. Molecular wise, um, salicylic acid is a lot smaller than glycolic acid. So it's able to penetrate the pores a lot deeper than glycolic acid can. So I don't think it's bad that you're using glycolic acid cream. I would be careful though about how often you're using it because if you're using that every day, you are probably over exfoliating your face. Glycolic acid is very, very strong. And I personally don't believe that anyone should be exfoliating their face every single day, unless it's like salicylic acid, that's fine because it's more gentle. But um, for something like glycolic acid, you should maximum be using it every other day. And if you're talking about like bumps on the skin, like milia, where it's like raised bumps, nothing that is related to like excess sebum, but instead is just kind of a lot Lot of little bumps that you're noticing, that could be a sensitivity reaction where your skin is like, Hold up, you're using way too much glycolic acid, you're over exfoliating the skin, this is freaking me out. So it creates those little bumps as kind of a like a defensive reaction to that. So I'd say it depends on how often you're using it. Feel free to continue using the glycolic acid cream, but I would recommend using a salicylic acid product. I love the selfless salicylic acid one. I use it every day because it's gentle enough to be able to be used every day and get that consistent exfoliation deep in your pores to prevent that excess sebum and oil production, uh, but nothing too strong to dry out the skin. Uh, And it's like an invisible formula. It sinks into the skin so quickly, you don't even know it's there. Highly recommend that one. Sorry, I just kicked the camera. (laughs) But any salicylic acid product that you feel would be best, feel free to use that. And I wouldn't recommend using salicylic acid at the same time as your glycolic acid product because that'll just be way too much exfoliation. Definitely could make your skin freak out, but... Yeah, hopefully that recommendation helps. And those are all of the questions, guys. Thank you so much to everyone who asked these questions. It is so much fun to be able to give you guys any advice that will hopefully be able to help with your skincare routine. If you want to see more episodes like this in the future, let me know because I would love to do them every month. I love being able to interact with you guys and just see what your primary concerns are and help in any way that I can. Um, I will be answering more of these questions that you guys just recently submitted because I answered the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the amount that you guys submitted yesterday. Um, so if you already asked a question, don't worry, stay tuned. Another episode will be coming up again next month that, you know, will answer as many of your questions as I possibly can. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. It's fun to do this. I know that this podcast covers a lot of different topics and I feel like it's a A really fun platform for me to be able to kind of talk about whatever. But of course, the roots are in skincare. And I want to make sure I'm connecting with you guys in a way that can help you improve your skincare routines. As always, this has been a production of Ramble and Odyssey Studio. New episodes out every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you in the next episode.